Welcome back to the CA Short Company All-In Employee Podcast, where we're all in and give generously. We're so glad you're here. I'm your host, Cherie Lucas, and our co-host today is CA Short's Director of IT, Jason Phillips. And I'm going to let you in. You'll figure it out along the way why I've asked Jason to be on here with me today. <laughs> I need uh, some uh, reinforcements our, because our guest today is Tarek Kamo. Tarek is the CEO and founder of Circle. That's C-E-R-K-L, Circle, a platform that's built to modernize the employee experience using unified communication, whoops, automation, and artificial intelligence. And as a serial entrepreneur, Tarek saw the need for a solution to the increasing amount of channels and content directed at employees. So isn't that why we're all here right now? Because we're, you know, we're into this engagement business, right? And recognition, recognition and getting people in inside connected. Well, Tarek has got a great solution that we're going to talk about in a little bit, but I want to tell you a few more things about him. And Tarek, I'm just going to tell you now, I usually this would be where I would stop the introduction and just kind of allude to your bio as we're having conversation and go, but I just feel like you deserve me to just give your whole background because it's so amazing. And I want everyone to understand who they're talking to. (laughs) So, so by the way, Tark and I have had multiple conversations already and not only does he have a high IQ, but he has a very high EQ, which is so cool. So that's right up my alley. So today's conversation is more, i got a lot to do with the, the intelligence part in, in technical things that I am not as, um, I haven't spent as much time swimming in those waters. So I invited Jason to be here because those are his waters. And so I'm excited for him to help me have good questions that we can fill in the gaps and blanks for you. So let me tell you about Tarek. Before he started Circle, he served as the executive director of online strategy for InfoMotion Sports Technology. That's IST, InfoMotion Sports Technology. He's part of the team which launched the first smart basketball uh, and was named a Consumer Electronics Show honoree for best innovation in software and mobile. And prior to the InfoMotion, Info, I can't even say it, InfoMotion. Say that three times fast. InfoMotion Sports Technology or IST. Tarek was vice president for Los Angeles-based Fox Interactive Media. Yes, we're talking about the News Corporation. Uh, (laughs) He uh, oversaw all the facets of the online sports-based gaming operations for the foxsports.com interactive unit. That included whatifsports.com, and short for that is WIS, and that's based in Cincinnati. So whatifsports.com. What we want to know about What If Sports is that it was founded by Tarek in February of 2000, and it was sold to Fox Interactive Media in September of 2005. In that short period of time before he sold it, Tarek orchestrated partnerships with some of the largest names in sports, including ESPN, Fox Sports, MLB, NBA, and the NHL. How about all those letters? <laughs> so a lot of what, acronyms. 
<laughs> W-I-S, <laughs> What If Sports, was named Sports Site of the Year by the International Academy of Digital Arts and Sciences, beating out both ESPN.com and BBCSports.com. And if that's not enough, <laughs> Tark, Tark was the finalist like that's for plenty. E&I that's Entrepreneur of the Year. That's so much. It's, <laughs> you're right. It is now uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. So this is why I usually don't go through the whole thing because I've been there and you sit through and, you know, I have learned to squirm only on the inside, kind of like a duck paddling like crazy under the water and staying calm <laughs> on the outside. But nonetheless, it is a little squirmy feeling. So I'll shorten the rest. Okay. So he, <laughs> he also founded... Insignia Technology Solutions in 1997, which was worked with numerous Fortune 500 companies like GE, General Electric. Okay, and then lastly, but of course not least, he's an award-winning speaker, and he's had engagements with TED, Procter and Gamble, the Data Science Summit in Las Vegas, and there's a whole list of other things. I do want to mention he's got a few um, universities here, and I want to inv- uh, mention Ohio State University. Go Ohio, because Ohio State University does happen to to uh, be a partner of CA Short. So we're so excited to have you with us, Tarek. Thank you for sitting through that and, al- <laughs> and allowing me to, <laughs> to give you accolades. They're so well-deserved. You are such a, an amazing human being. First of all, you're, you're, and you're, and you, you're so well-rounded. I mean, here, the IT side and but the people side too is just amazing. And I love how you've married those together and let those be your driver for the things that you do. And so I want to hear more about how, where that came from, how, what specifically motivates you to start these companies and to provide tools that allow people to be connected. Well, first of all, Thank you. Thank you very much. You're way, way, way too kind. And you've done a good job of carbon dating me. So now everybody knows roughly how old I am, but that's okay. Um, I think I'm just driven by how the world should be. So it's just the it's like mm-hmm. some some people have engineering brains and they see problems and they in their mind come up with a solution. The world would be better if x existed and that's how my brain works and so those x's of how the world should be that's what i'm attracted to it's like i want to make that happen and it has nothing to do with money and i tell anyone who's thinking about entrepreneurship or starting a business like you're insane if your motivation is to make money that is the last thing you should do because the odds that you are successful even survive are low. The odds that you actually become wealthy are so close to zero, I would call it zero. So if your motivation is money, you should never start a business. Um, So that never has been a motivation for me. It is more, gosh, these things get in your head and they won't leave. And so, you know, you've heard people say, when you get a song in your head, you have to sing it all the way to the end. That's how it is with these ideas. Something gets in my head and I really, I feel like I have to execute and bring it to life. Okay, so you brought, I want to talk about your your most current uh, life, your entity, Circle, okay? Because it has so much to do with what CA Short is all about, right? And recognition, incentive programs. 
engaging, getting people engaged, keeping them informed and communication. Oh, that's my big thing, communication. So tell us about that. Uh, Yeah, I think to me, this was a very surprising thing. And it, it really had nothing to do with employee communication or engagement. Where this actually initiated was serving on my children's school board here in Cincinnati and seeing how the school struggled to engage the parents and the alumni in the community with all the amazing things that were happening within that school district. And so my mind immediately turned to, we need to get more people engaged because that can have a very positive impact on these children's futures and and, and educational outcomes. And so then I started researching, why are so many people disengaged? And the answer to that question was really twofold. Uh, The first is Steve Jobs in a roundabout way, Uh, 2007, the iPhone is released. And so all of a sudden you've got this amazing machine in your pocket. The downside to that is everyone now has access to you all the time. The second uh, issue, which is really driving disengagement is the amount of content being generated. And most of that is through social media. So think back to 2006, life was simple. There was Facebook, but you would have to go home and you would check, you know, there was no mobile version of Facebook. It was get on a desktop and you're not getting all these messages and everything on your phone because it was just texting and calling. It was a flip phone. 2007, you've got Facebook, you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram, you know, eventually emerging, you've got YouTube, and I've got all these apps. So there's so much content. And once marketers realized I have an immediate path to access people, the the amount of content being generated has just exploded to the tune of and this is this is now out of date but the last time i checked it was we create more content every 3 hours than we did from the beginning of time to 2003 combined so wow. people are feeling it they don't know why they feel like they're drowning but they are and so as i'm seeing this emerge i look at the things that are bucking this trend and by that i mean netflix amazon hulu spotify even pandora back in the day and they all do the the same thing they analyze your behavior and then they tailor they're seeing what you're doing some machine learning and then they use ai to generate that experience for you and so when you log into netflix you don't know if there's one subscriber which is you or a billion subscribers because it's all about you. That is how they are bucking the trend. It is all about personalization. It's all about machine learning. It's all about AI. It is about saving you time because if there's so much noise being thrown at us as a society, uh, as your employees are feeling the same thing, 
how do you cut through the noise? It's relevancy. How do I stay relevant? I have to constantly learn from someone's behavior and constantly tailor. So the idea of one size fits all anything, communication, marketing, all of those are dying as they should because you will be noise if you don't. And so what are you, are you saying that you have found a way to cut out, how are you cutting out the noise? I mean, I'm assuming that's what you're, what's behind circle and what you're in this AI driven thing is this um, thing. Y'all know what the thing is. I just know. <laughs> well, to, an so talk about that. to an extent. So <laughs> there's a big difference between what Netflix is doing with you and what your company needs to do with you. So Netflix is a marketing exercise. They're basically saying, I see that Jason's into documentaries. Here's one he hasn't seen. And so we're going to recommend that to him. Jason's not going to lose his job. He's not going to lose his benefits. Nothing's going to happen if he doesn't watch this documentary. That there is a big difference between what marketers are using this technology for and how companies need to use it. So it isn't all about Jason's interests. There are things the company needs you to know to be effective in your role. You need to know we've just bought a company or we just had a change in leadership or product announcement, earnings announcement, open enrollment. These are not optional. That is a huge difference from how Netflix interacts with you. So it is, I would say, exponentially more complicated for companies to truly communicate, engage their people than what Netflix is doing with you. Because there is no mandate that you have to watch this documentary or your family loses its benefits. That does not exist. And so how we think about it is, well, how do you find the right balance? How do you make sure Jason's getting what he needs to know plus what he cares about as a human, all in one unified experience. So that is what we we have in the market today. So it's a platform we call Broadcast, and it's used by organizations to solve this very problem. And if I give you kind of the, the universal example of open enrollment, how most companies do this today is they will send everybody an email and then a follow-up email, and then they'll post it on the internet, follow-up email, newsletter, maybe in Teams or Slack, even if you've already completed open enrollment, even if you've already read the reminder on Teams, you're still seeing it on the internet, the email, Slack, whatever, because the channels that companies use to communicate to their employees aren't connected. The newsletter doesn't know what you've read on the internet. The internet doesn't know what you read in Teams. Or if you have deskless workers and you have a mobile app, all of it is disconnected. If Netflix did this to you, this would be, I'm on my phone, I start watching a show, I flip over to my TV, I have to start all over. It doesn't remember anything, they're dumb, as opposed to intelligent channels that are connected. It is really about the experience that's going on behind the scenes. The channels are just 
a method to deliver the experience. The channels are not the answer. This is where I think organizations that have evolved and they keep layering channels on, they keep thinking, well, this channel will be the answer. Do you know why our people aren't engaged? So we don't have a mobile app. Like, no, that is not it. You know why they're not engaged? Because you deliver crummy, non-relevant content to them. They've already seen it or it doesn't apply to them. And so how do you deliver a tailored experience? Great. And if we can connect the channels so it's intelligent, I know what you've seen, so you're not seeing duplicate content. It's all about reducing noise. So when we do send an email to Jason in this example, he's much more likely to read it and engage with it because he knows it's fresh, new content specifically tailored to him. That is the answer. I love so, that. Jason, yeah, so, please ask those questions. So I'm, I'm picking curious. on you in all my examples, so. <laughs> I, I'm used to it, it's fine. <laughs> but before you talk, Jason, just for our listeners and, and or viewers, listen, I, j- you know, Tarek got all these accolades, but I want you to know Jason is the same type of human being. I actually can ha- I've had the same experiences and conversations with Jason that are so impressive because he's this IT guy, you know, you know, these are those geeky nerds or whatever, but they they don't, they they both show this amazing other side about they really get the human connection and the that people matter and they and so again, he has a, a high EQ and that's such a thrown around around thing today, but it's true. It's that high emotional intelligence we're in. I just appreciate that so much because that's, you know, that's my wheelhouse. And these guys are amazing. So Jason, I just wanted to, you know, let everybody know you are the same type of human being like Tark that I just appreciate hugely, especially because the IT stuff, I don't want to have to focus on it. I like to surround myself with wonderful people like you who know that stuff so I can just plug into what you plug into your resources. Okay. So having said that, Jason, let's get back and let you ask your questions of Torek. I'm, I'm so interested. Thank you. I, I appreciate that a lot. And yeah, I did have to move out of the way to show my Millennium Falcon poster I've got in there in the back to <laughs> just prove everything you just said. That's um, some nerd <laughs> cred right there. <laughs> Um, and I've totally lost my train. No. Um, so yeah, actually, I guess, you know, just from what you're describing there, I'm curious on what your, your real drive is for, for putting that together. Is this more, are you like from your decision-making and, and how you're developing this and iterating through it? Is your drive mostly for giving a good tool for your, um, for your clients to actually be able to get communications out to the users, or is it to specifically to get those users engaged, you know, regardless maybe of what that message might even be? I think it's both. So when you think about the real value drivers to an organization, so communicating effectively, depending on what your organization does, is going to lead to higher productivity, decreased liability, less errors because they're seeing best practices or whatever you need them to see, right? So that's a direct benefit to the organization. Let's just call that increased productivity. That's what most companies think about today but they're spamming all that information, every channel. I've already read this, so people start to tune out. And I remember my daughter who, she took her first job in Kansas City and she calls me and says, dad, what's the deal with all the email? So like my generation, that's how we work. It's email and that's fine. Her generation, they're not used to it. That is not how they work. They're used to everything being tailored to them. So they start to tune it out instantly because it's not tailored. 
why did they send me this? It doesn't make sense to them. So that's the first piece is effective communication where it's relevant. Just think about what you need to be doing for your role within the organization will drive productivity. It will save people time. They're not seeing things they've already read. Great. That's kind of low-hanging fruit. Engagement impacts something very different. Engagement impacts, does Jason understand all the amazing things? So when you talk about recognition, amazing things that we're doing as an organization that tie to him as a human, what motivates you as a human? Well, if it is lost because there's so much communication or it's not tailored to you or you've tuned it out, you're going to see and miss, you're going to miss content that would be very applicable to you that ties what you care about and what the organization is doing together. This impacts attrition. Will people stay longer because they feel connected to the mission of the organization? The answer is yes, we're seeing that through all of our clients, of course, increased productivity, which you would expect, but decreased attrition because they see the meaningful things the organization is doing that tie to what I care about as a human being. So those are the, I mean, there's lots of buckets of value, but the two biggest are productivity and talent retention. Hart, do you actually have data at this point to to support all that? The attrition, you know, the attrition rates? Yeah, so we do. In fact, we have um, something else that we're working on that is uh, really amazing when it comes to understanding your talent. It's all based on behavior. But yes, when we when we roll this out through organizations, we see those just continue to trend up over time, both uh, increased productivity and then decreased attrition. And again, the larger the organization, the bigger the impact this will have on them. Now, when you're saying attrition, what are you uh, specific to what? Specifically attrition in what area? Your, pe- your people leaving you. Okay. So will so they stay big. longer? Yeah, yes. so we're you're helping people with retention and we want it this is it's big. Like everybody is concerned about retention right now. So I want us to make sure we're being heard on that. Yeah, we're reducing, decreasing the, you know, the crisis of retention, right? We are increasing yes. the ability to retain our employees, which saves the money all over the place and, you know, saves the cohesion of your team, all sorts of it heads off all sorts of issues, right? So I just wanted to reiterate that because everybody's looking, how do I how do I retain who I've got? How do I retain? So this is a solution that he's offering. Yes, and it is very expensive to replace people. So yes. when you think about the total cost to replace an individual, of course, it depends on the role, how long they've been there. But it is very expensive to then go out and you think about all of these hidden costs. If Jason were to leave, the hidden costs of all that institutional knowledge that walks out the door with him, the time on the organization to go out and find a replacement, to interview that replacement, many interviews, many candidates, then to onboard, train, how long will it take until the replacement is to the same low productivity that Jason was when he walked out the door? 
it is so heavy on organizations. So the work that you're doing, I think is amazing. Anything we can do to keep our talent longer is great. And so I feel like a lot of organizations don't really understand the true cost. And if they did, I think they'd be making different decisions about how they make their employees feel. Yeah, that's a... It's a very common thing that we run into a lot. We have uh, several different verticals that are clients of ours. Um, one example we run into a lot are uh, uh, truck drivers. There, it's not so much even the, the longevity. This is just about trying to keep new hires on. And mm-hmm. they, they, it's so difficult right now. They're doing signing bonuses and then people typically leaving as soon as that's done. And so it's even more expensive on top of that. So, yeah, anything you can do to keep the person engaged and, and wanting to stay there, hugely important. Yeah. Oh, I need to put this for both of you because... So, and help me with this, Jason, like you're, what I'm hearing you say, Tarek, is it, within CA Short Company, what we have and, and what we provide to our customers, it, we, one of the options is a platform called People Are Everything. And within that platform, oh, there, there are many options. What is that? Right. Just a little background noise, it sounds like. <laughs> I wasn't sure where it was coming from. Okay, so we uh, we have a platform that, just to, for sake of time, one it has many things like we can, it has tiles you can click on for for uh, analy- uh, analytics or surveys or another tile for e-greetings. Um, and then we also have a rec room, which is recognition room. And it's like a it's like our own internal Facebook, basically. And people can post things and like things. Okay. So we have that. And and we, you know, our administrators are able to pin things at the top of the our Facebook or our rec room so that it stays there for us to see. And then we communicate. And right now we're recording on through Teams, right? And then we have email. So all those pieces that you were talking about. So I guess your what you are offering somehow can marry those together and see what's going on with all of those. And once it's seen in one of those, no matter which one is first, it can turn turn it off or keep it from telling you in another one of those ways. Is am I on track here? I'm trying to speak for all those who are blank slates. And who, you know, are wanting to know what exactly is this and what is it doing? And so if you can speak to us about the technical part without losing us, um, that's your challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I just point back to what people know. So the everybody knows Netflix and they know how it makes them feel and they know how much time it saves them. And they know that they can pause anywhere they want. They can switch from any device. They pick up right where they left off. That's how work should be. That's how work communication should feel exactly the same as what Netflix is doing. Now, again, we have the caveat of it's not all about your interests. There are things the company needs you to see and know. So we have to make sure that's elevated and front and center for you to engage with it. But other than that, it is Netflix inside the company. That's it. Is that the... Sorry, ahead, is, is that are you uh, designing that to be uh, um, bi-directional then? Are you looking for not just getting the information for the uh, employees, but a, a good, clean uh, communication path back? Ooh, so it, it really depends. So we look at the organization and what investments they've already made in their internal communication infrastructure. Most companies 
are, well, 100% are sending email. So we know that to be true. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't even have analytics. So when we talk about feedback, like how do you know what's working and what's effective if you can't even measure your, the emails that you're sending and who opened and who clicked and what's resonating with them? So basics. So of course we include that. Then you've got things like Teams and Slack. So if you've already invested in them, let's just make them intelligent. So when someone is on Teams or Slack, it's tailored to them. There's a news title within Teams that is tailored to you. Here's all the content that you need to see or want to see that you haven't already seen somewhere else. Awesome. (laughs) Because if that's your preferred channel, why do we make you leave that? And we want to give organizations another option beside the inbox. So if everything is pushed to your inbox, which is the most congested channel of all time, marketers are in there, friends and family are in there, fantasy sports updates are in there, everything is in your inbox, and here's a message from your CEO. That doesn't seem right to me. Then you've got other walled off channels like Teams and Slack and Intranet and mobile that are very to only work. Great. Why are we not pushing more to those channels? And so the answer when we ask these questions to internal communicators is, I don't know, I have to put everything everywhere. And they're right, because the channels aren't connected. So that's how we think about it. So what Netflix is doing for you is anytime you engage with a channel, it's building the experience for you in real time. It's using the logic of what does Jason want to see that he hasn't already seen? Where did he leave off? And that experience is built for you on your phone, your laptop, your TV, wherever, in real time. And that's exactly what we do within organizations is we wait for the employee to go to that channel. Jason's here, he's on the internet. Boom, build that experience for you in real time based on need to know, want to know that you haven't already seen somewhere else. So it's a very long-winded, which I don't think I have any other type of wind to give you in terms of answers, obviously, but it's a very long-winded way of saying it is Netflix inside the company. It sounds like you're, yeah, very, very briefly, sounds like you're trying to um, take the focused tab on Outlook and actually make it work and smart. (laughs) That's right. So why isn't that newsletter that you receive from your company tailored to you? Why are we sending the same thing to, let's say you've got 5,000 employees. Why are they all getting the same thing? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And so with broadcast, our communicators aren't building newsletters by hand. The AI does it for them. It'll be 5,000 versions of what's going on within your organization based on you. What do you need to see? What do you want to see? What haven't you already seen somewhere else to drive relevancy? Okay, I need to ask this. So... From a marketing stance, and I am do not have the latest numbers, but the the last time I looked, people have to see something, you know, multiple times. It used to be seven times, and it was twelve, and it was now, you know, last I understood, it was like up to thirty one or something before people take action. So if you're seeing something in one channel or from one source, and then it's you're not seeing it anywhere else, how does it get past that that barrier where people need to see something multiple times before they take action? Or, or is it have, does it have a way to know? 
Yeah, I think the key with that metric is why is it seven times in the first place? Because it's mm. all noise, because you're receiving so much communication that you have to filter through in your own mind, you can't even remember. So what we're trying to do is teach them it's all relevant to you. When you get an email from us, you don't need to see this seven times. What you're seeing here is powerful for you. The other thing that we like do that. is it's not that we need them to necessarily remember something. It is they don't need that information at that exact time. So the example I like to give is, let's say we've got some new benefit around tuition reimbursement. And I send that out um, today, right? And so everybody might see it or they might remember it or just vaguely, yeah, I remember seeing it. They don't care. It doesn't matter to them in the moment. What about nine months from now? When they're thinking about going back to school, they're saying, gosh, I remember seeing something somewhere. So to me, it's the Costco problem, which I love Costco. It's like I go to Costco and then I go back the next week or two weeks and I can't find it again. It's the same thing with employees. And so within the platform, we give every single employee a microsite where they could go in and search. So they could go in and say, show me everything across all channels that has to do with tuition reimbursement, and it comes up. So it isn't that we need them to know the tuition reimbursement policy is amazing. We need them to know we have something to do with tuition reimbursement. When it's meaningful to you, here's an easy way for you to find it at the day and time that you need it. So we're talking about retraining the brain. I mean, you truly, you're training us, the, the users, uh, and the way that we think, which is really key to every everything. I mean, I'm all into that as right. My background as a as a life coach and executive coach, but how how long does it take for for that to happen for people to be able to remember those significant as as significant things after seeing them one time only? Because you know it takes a while to overcome the 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 existing habits or the existing way of thinking, right? So. Talk about that. Sure. I mean, I don't have exact data on this, but in general, it's going to be pretty highly correlated. Again, this is my theory based on how, how your age, how long you've been at that organization. So they have conditioned you for a long time. We're posting everything everywhere and we're not really relevant. It's not tailored to you. So if you've been at a company, let's say you're 55 years old, you've been there for 20 years. It's going to take a while for you to build that trust that things have changed. Then I look at my daughter, who is young, and she just started. And if they were to make a change like this, she would pick it up instantly because that's what she's already expecting. She's more surprised they don't communicate that way in the first place. So I think those are probably the two variables that would impact that answer of how long does it take for them yeah. to really trust that it's all about them. So I think it's your age and then how long you've been at that organization. Oh, good answers. I love it. This is so interesting. What do you think, Jason? I'm just, wow, I'm fascinated I, by this. Definitely. I mean, it's very interesting. I mean, it sounds like you're really, you're, this is two different ways, two different areas you're going for. One is just about simplifying communication, but another is combining all these existing ones so they don't have to go there instead. 
So with those, uh, you know, how are you actually able to get into that? I would imagine you know, API access of some sort, some sort to each of those. Is that a large list of these uh, um, uh, partners or clients that you have that you're able to connect into? Uh, I think you will appreciate this being an IT guy. <clears throat> it's a huge issue. So when you go to an organization and you say, we can drive better communication and engagement. IT will push back. Well, what work do we have to do? What do we have to maintain? These are all valid questions. Is it mm -hmm. secure? Privacy? These are unbelievably valid questions. But when we get to the conversation of, well, you're going to need to build an API integration to make this work, they don't want to do it. With valid reason. <laughs> because... There's so many sexier projects for them to be working on that are revenue bound versus an internal communication. Even though I think this is foundational to the success of a company, most people don't see it that way. Sales, marketing, operations, those are all highly visible, very sexy. So IT pushes back and they don't wanna create one more thing they have to maintain, right? So what happens if we're on uh, Oracle today and we switch to Workday? They're going to have to rebuild that integration. They don't want to do that work. So how we've thought about solving this problem from a technical perspective is we want everything to be no code. So all IT has to do is ask us, is it secure? You know, what hosting environment are you in? What's your security like? Encryption, all these things. Great. They don't have to do anything meaning they don't have to write any code. So our Teams app is available in the Microsoft Store. You plug it into your Teams instance, add an API key, you're done. Personalization in Teams. Slack is the exact same way, no code. SharePoint, exact same way. Just download the web part, install it on your SharePoint instance, add the API key, personalized internet plugin, every single employee. Newsletters, email, we already take care of. So for us, it was hugely important to get IT to be neutral to positive. The last thing we need is IT saying, we're not supporting this because we have to do work. So that's how we've kind of architected the back end to make it no code or very, very low code to get the platform up and running and deliver personalization across the organization. I think that is very smart. And then not just for my side, because, yeah, I mean, we've had those exact conversations before. You know, we got a lot of other things we got to work on. You know, <laughs> there's not an IT team that's out there that's not got a backlog already. But just from a business side, I mean, even our business, which is, I mean, see how you short, our whole point is we're trying to say, here's the ROI on having engaged employees and on directing some of these resources inside rather than outside. But we still have those same conversations. You know, it's we've we've only got so much resource that can be used. Mm -hmm. Do we want to spend it on something that's going to make us money or something that's going to go to the inside? And I do think we do that far better than most, but we can't do it every time. So I think that that makes a lot of sense to have something that can just be done without having to involve that group. That yes. is probably the most limited resource in most companies. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And and this was all learning for us. That is not how we started. It was learning over time. You know, you're you're so involved with your own business and your product and you see the value of what it brings. And you're shocked when companies push back and say, ah, this isn't revenue generating. And you're like, I know, but these are your most important asset. How do you not see this? It's your people. 
but they do, right? They push back all the time. So that was a big part of our learning was we want IT to be our advocate and not our adversary. Makes sense to me. <laughs> it sounds to me like IT departments all over the world would be your biggest fans, right? <laughs> your biggest advocates. <laughs> yes. And that is a long way from how things used to be where they would you know, get into very deep technical conversations with us. Now it's, do we have to do anything? No. We love it then. <laughs> That's kind of the response. Well, those are the kind of conversations we have with our our customers uh, about administration. It's like, you, you know, you can do it all or you don't have to do any of it. We'll do all the administration, you know, and they're like, what? You know, so, yeah, I need, you know, time, time is money, as they say. Right. And so, you know, they want to everybody wants to, <laughs> you know, uh streamline their time and their efforts, their energies, and of course their dollars. So I love this. This is so amazing. I'd like, you know, and it's very naturally and organically woven into what we at CA Short are all about and in engagement. And you are just driven by that engagement, the connection, Tarek. So now I want to bring it all in together. And yes, pun intended. How, how do you, what does all in mean to you? whether it's personal, professional, or all of the above, what, how would you describe being all in? Um, for me, it's, it's interesting. So being a people leader, it, to me, it is all about people first. It really is. You cannot have a great company without great people. And our culture is one of how do we get rid of ego? So that's the first thing. So based on, oh, I've been here longer than you. I make more money than you. This is my title. You report to me. That's all ego. Ego is the biggest killer of culture. Is people stop, you know, suggesting ideas and thoughts and they don't feel open and they don't want to be ridiculed. They don't want to ask questions. So to me, all in is the absence of ego. Everybody can be who they are. They're not going to be judged. If you want to challenge me because I've got uh, an idea you don't agree with, I want you to do that. That is how we get better. And if I'm the kind of person that says, you know, who are you to challenge me or look at my title or anything like that, that is all out. Right. People, it just kills their flame. They don't want to be put in that situation. And one of the things that we see when we hire new people is we tell them this in the interview process. This is our culture. It's no ego. Challenge everyone. Best idea wins. All of it. And they say, this sounds amazing. I want to be there. And then they start. but They don't believe you because they've been trained for so long questions are dumb and you don't know what you're doing and who are you to challenge and stay in your lane. All of that is silliness. All of that kills innovation and all of that kills culture. So my perspective, and this is, you know, over years of learning in multiple companies, is all in means all about you. That's how those two things are connected. And you just need to get your ego out of the way to let people be who they truly are. 
And there you have it, folks. This is why I love this amazing human being right there. I mean, I just, I don't, I mean, how there's nothing to disagree with. I absolutely agree with you. It's amazing. And I'm watching Jason too, you know, and yeah, I mean, is there anything to add to that, Jason? <laughs> I honestly, I don't know that there is. I, I mean, yeah, it did. You know, point by point, what you just said, it's, you know, for, for my group, especially it's ego means nothing to this, you know, to, to my team. I think that, you know, it, it, you have a good team working together. Everyone has to do their part, of course. But I mean, at the same time, you know, we, we, uh, one of the big things we have is if someone has questions, no one should ever feel like that you can't just turn around and ask somebody else a question. Uh, there are no dumb questions. They, they may make fun of them a little and jokingly after <laughs> that's that is that is the uh, the the group, but uh, I mean yeah it's all about being open and honest and everybody working together and knowing that I mean as cheesy as it is it's it's all about the betterment of the team the company and everything else. So, so I think everyone I don't think anyone at the short would argue with this. And so I'll just go ahead and say it as the one of the new newest kids on the block, right? Uh, i I think I've done a really great job of asking the dumb questions or let or letting it be seen that there's nothing too dumb to ask. And you know, and I truly came in a blank slate in a lot of ways, but in many ways I bring something to a blank slate as well. But the things that I'm a blank slate to, I'm like, why would I pretend, you know, to not need help with this when it's all, it's not just about me. It's about all of us, you know, together achieving. And then honestly, sometimes I ask the dumb questions because I know that there's someone in the room who's not asking. And so I just want to get it out there. Um, but having said all that, I love that about CA short. It's my heart, my heart. It, oh, I love CA short. I used to contract with them Tarek before I actually started working with them full time. And I, I just love that, that whole part that you're welcome. You are welcomed to say what's on your mind, to be heard. And, you know, just to, you're, you're important, you're valued. And it's, it is my family and I love it. And so I can feel that uh, from you, Tarek, and, and what you're just because of who you are, because really, at the end of the day, no matter what's happening down here, whatever's at the top is what trickles down. And so if you're at the top, I know that your company is doing that too. And I love that. And I, so I, therefore I love your company because I love you. Um, and you are our kind of people here, the all in kind of people that is the all in that we are trying to, um, help people, um, em, uh, embrace and incorporate and then go out and, um, activate into the world and have a huge ripple effect. So the whole world is affected and I, you're on that train with us. And I just love that so much. And having said all that, I would just want to give you an opportunity to give, you know, some last comments about anything that you want and you too, Jason. A lot of pressure. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I love the conversation. And I think, one of the things from a macro perspective that we're seeing is COVID was horrific on a number of levels, but one of the positives that has come out of it is a new dynamic between employer and employee. The idea of companies won't collapse if people work from home and that you need to trust your people and we need to be thinking more innovatively about how do we communicate with them? How do we engage them? How do we recognize them? All of that has been accelerated because of COVID. And it's terrible that it takes 
a pandemic for us to get to this point, but it doesn't matter. Here we are. So I'm glad that there is this new dynamic and I'm glad there are companies like yours and companies like ours that are really helping those organizations that believe in this all-in philosophy get there faster. So I think that's what I'll close on. I love the questions. Thanks for having me. And the conversation's been fantastic. Tarek, thank you. And your time, I mean, you know, the time it took me to try to even say what you've been involved in, you know, as an example of how busy you are. So thank you for giving us a small portion of that. And uh, I look forward to more conversations with you. Jason, you also are so... uh, incredibly pulled in many directions and the fact that you carved out this time to give to me, to Tarek and to our listeners and viewers. I appreciate it so much. Invaluable. And you made this a much more uh, valuable conversation with your input and your perspective. So thank you so much for that. Um, Of course. Y'all are, again, amazing human beings. I'm so happy to be on this journey with you, causing a huge ripple effect. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There's no, not, not, not much else to say, except it's that time again. Thank you, Tarek. Thank you, Jason. And thank you, viewers, for being with us today for the CA Short Company All-In Employee Podcast. It's been fun. It's been informative. And it's been engaging. Remember, you're either all in or you're all out. See you next time.